0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
1: Linda Stein, thanks so much for coming in today and talking about all the things. There's so many issues. And Anthony Gerenzo, our executive producer, put about 20 issues that you've been writing about. But let's begin. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You're a busy lady, that's for sure. (laughs) Delaware Valley Journal. Happy New Year, Dawn. Happy New Year. Yeah, I I don't think we have been able to speak yet in 2024. So take me through. I know you were going to write about initially the William Penn statue removal, walking that back, and I've talked a lot about that this morning. But give me your, you know, when you look at what's going on in our region and and just because you've covered politics and so many community issues and and talked to so many different elected officials at so many different levels, your thoughts as we're now in 2024, a major presidential battle going on. We have a former president of the United States of America in a D.C. federal court, as I speak since 930 this morning, in which this is history in the making in which his attorneys yes. are saying we've never seen anything like this that you cannot persecute prosecute you know ex presidents current leading presidential candidates going for the job and yet you let's let's weave in what happened yesterday that we had our governor a very astute politician picks up the phone calls president joe biden and with that phone call wipes out the opportunity for Republicans to say, "Hey, these Democrats in Pennsylvania—they're at the height of wokeism. They are so far left. They are so crazy progressive. And this is a symbol of that." Josh Shapiro, the governor, with that phone call to Biden—and by the way, giving Biden full credit—did uh, an excellent job, if you will, if you're if you're looking at from a, a marketing or politicking perspective. Just wiping that right off the board because they know how much Pennsylvania matters in the road to the presidency.
2: That was very smart of Josh Shapiro to do that. That's for sure. But even before that, it's it's so funny. The Republican uh, leader of the House had put out a, a press release and a res- and was a sponsoring re- a resolution in support of Billy Penn and the statue. And um, also, we got an op-ed from um, Shapiro's opponent, Senator Mastriano, in support of keeping the Billy Penn statue. So that was probably gonna be a huge issue in Pennsylvania, at least for some of the year, I would think. So it's very smart on Shapiro's part to uh, get Biden to take it off the table. But here's one thing that occurred to me, is what happens if Biden's reelected? Will um, uh, the statue be at risk again? Because then they can do whatever they want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the question, right? Whether or not, um, whether or not it's just political, or whether they just believe that it was that it was a slippery slope that they just didn't want to take right now. That's a great question. As we continue the conversation with Linda Stein, I know you had written about um, the GOP's McCormick. The headline was McCormick beats Casey in fundraising, and that he's gaining in the polls. Take me through this important race. Oh
2: well, sure. Um, well, be, uh, aside from the presidential race, uh, the McCormick Casey race is the most important in the state, I would think, since it's for the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. And Casey's been in the Senate for a really long time. This is the end of it; will be the end of his third term. Um, and he has a famous name. His dad is the former governor. But you don't really hear too much from him, you know, during during unless he's running for election. Yeah. Um, but it seems like Dave McCormick is uh, really going gangbusters, um, although he he's four points behind Casey at the moment. Uh, and we haven't gotten all that onslaught of commercials yet. Um but in the fourth quarter he raised an amazing amount of money um it was uh, 5.4 million from various supporters and then he kicked in another million of his own money so um that is pretty good considering how much it costs to run for a statewide office right
1: yeah and so you know you're you know what you're putting out here is McCormick you write in the Delaware Valley Journal that McCormick raising that 5.4 million dollars from over fifteen thousand individual donors and then put the additional million of his own money, so putting his money where his, where his mouth is, so to speak, and really out fundraising Casey, which is no surprise. We used to joke when I was on afternoons with Zioli and we used to joke that he was like a cicada, Casey. You know, he comes out every seventeen years. <laughs> you know, people think oh, some people think funny. it's still I know. But that's what you said is absolutely right. We never hear from him unless, you know, he's running for something and then all of a sudden poop there he is. But for Dave McCormick, what's what is he you know, we're we're an important swing state. He's somebody who's viewed as a more, you know, moderate Republican who they hope could win the state. But Casey, you're right. He really runs on the name of his father, who was probably I believe his dad, the the late great Bob Casey was the last pro-life Catholic governor, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was, in other words, he was that. Oh, I think you are. Right? right. Widely respected. He
2: was, yeah. And, um, well, that was the other thing about Casey is as the longer he's been in Washington, uh, the the less... um, the less his views have uh, matched what he originally came in as. He was also claiming to be pro life, but now he's uh, mm-hmm. pro choice. And he was also uh, big on gun rights and hunting, but now he's come out for various gun restrictions. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So I, I think, you know, the longer a politician, Republican or Democrat, stays in D.C., the, the more. They become like a, a, a DC person rather than their home state.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the voting records, and you you point this out in your Delaware Valley Journal article, you know, but you know, looking at looking at um, as far as Casey goes, he he's pretty much a rubber stamp for for the current administration, and so that I mean, obviously, for Dave McCormick, he probably does have to do a better job of getting his message out there and just talking about the economy and what he can do rather than in my humble opinion rather than maybe a negative campaign um, but saying this is this is what I can do. this is what's happening now because you don't want I don't see negative campaign uh, negative campaign by the Democrats. do you is that out yet? I haven't seen it if it if it's there.
2: Well, I have seen um, some negative uh, stuff against him. Um, They're trying to use their same playbook that they used against Dr. Oz, saying that uh, McCormick is also uh, from out of state, and he's a carpetbagger. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's what I've seen so far. I don't know if it will stick to him, though, because he grew up in Pennsylvania, and okay, so he lived in Connecticut for a while for a job. But he came
1: back, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, to me, I just, what we're learning about, I think, in every campaign is the Democrats are very good at <clears throat> joining together these types of ad campaigns where early on they define a candidate. And so to your point, they're trying to define Dave McCormick as somebody who doesn't care about Pennsylvania but unless he gets his message out and refutes that and does it in a way that, you know, he's loud about it, tries to go to the stations that are airing the ads and saying this is, you know, terrible and, and, and why are you even airing these ads? I mean, I really think he has to make that show where he's loud and he gets the attention of the media and social media to say, hey, we cannot allow this. This is, these are lies happening and this is what I can do for Pennsylvania. And by the way, the reason I left my home of Pennsylvania was, you know, cause I had a job. My job took me away. And by the way, part one of his jobs was serving our country, <laughs> you know, as a, as a, oh, for sure. right? As a, a veteran. So that's, you know, I think that would be a great comeback for him to say, but I, I mean, we're just, I know we're heating up with that one. Take me through what else you're writing about, and and um, for example, you talked about Lower Makefield, and I'll just I'll just pick through these. Does Lower Makefield have ghost employees? Can you take me through? That? Oh my That's God! A great article. I had gotten
2: I had I had gotten a tip about that, and I checked into it, and um, they don't deny it. Um, the police chief came right out and said, yes, we are, um, you know, a long-time policy is to um, make our police officers whole if something happens to them and they have to be on long-term disability. Um, What had happened was this one particular officer, he was evidently a very popular guy, a DARE officer, and he had a massive stroke, unfortunately. And so he was off work and he was on long-term disability. For like three years, and they were paying him his whole salary instead of um, what he was supposed to get under the police contract, which was uh, I think it was sixty six and a third um, of his salary. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and I I believe their lower Makefield is going to be meeting later this month. Their board of supervisors, and we'll see what they say because. Some residents tell me they're, they're going to come with their pitchforks and say, "Wait a minute! What are you doing with our tax money?"
1: Well, that's just it, and I've I've long said this, Linda. And we we just recently we were all here at PHT. We're at a fundraiser for um, Families Back the Badge, and for you know meeting with some of the widows, including Marine Faulkner. It's absurd to me that we don't have a mechanism by which somebody who who's injured on the job or who, you know, like this gentleman, I don't know if that stroke was related to the job, but it seems like sometimes, you know, they try to do things where they're trying to help somebody out because their family is a caretaker. Uh, You know, I've talked to the the wives of some of these officers where they're trying to do their full-time job. They have three little kids, and they've got a husband, you know, in diapers, essentially, who they're caring for. And I'm being blunt here for a reason. And so what happens is then you know the taxpayers look at this and say well that's not really that's not right and that's not what is supposed to happen here i think that we we have to look in our society to these different especially law enforcement jobs where where the officers they don't have a mechanism by which to take care of those who protect and serve and so that's what forces these situations where now you're pitting a community against an officer and i'm sure people feel conflicted about that and and so Oh, I'm sure. You know, that's not right. We need better mechanisms. And by the way, you know, at the top of the show, I talked about how let's just let's just take this in right now. We have in Pennsylvania, I know that they just fired the so-called DEI position that was created. Some of these jobs are 186, 187 grand. You think of look at look at that. Look at the, who's making the laws. The lawmakers give themselves raises. In New Jersey, talked about the fact that those lawmakers were making 86 ish. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. $1,000 a year just gave themselves raises for 67% raises. And yet for law enforcement, I don't see those kinds of overt, um, you know, really attempts to deal with issues like this of law enforcement who need long term care, long term disability. I know they're in unions and it's part of the negotiation, but I see this all the time, Linda, where just what you're reporting on, because to your point of your story, the, the taxpayers are saying, wow, they're paying this individual 112 grand a year. And we have right now shortages across the region in law enforcement.
2: It, it is it, it's a quandary, and it is uh, sad that um, that things like this happened. And uh, but on the other hand, just to make just just for the point of argument, I, I do feel very sympathetic to law enforcement. Um, but I I also feel for the taxpayers too because why wasn't it in the contract that they get a hundred percent?
1: You right. know
2: that if that's you know they signed on for that. Right. Uh, my own brother is a retired FBI agent. So, you know, I do know that they um that they put their lives in danger. You know, it's 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 yeah. a quandary.
1: Yeah, and you write this that the short-term and long-term disability coverage only pays, you know, a little over 66% of the officer's salary. I would argue especially if they can prove that what ha- what happens to any officer if it's job related you know, they need to rewrite their contract. They need to deal with it, to your point, in the legal manner so that ultimately it's it's within the contract, it's legal, and the taxpayers are not just picking up a tab because they didn't deal with the contract they needed to deal with. I mean, I, is that your take on it? I, I think so. They should... It should be above board and not under the
2: table, kind of, you know, and behind the scenes um, and transparent to the taxpayers and to everybody else, to the officers.
1: Yeah, Um, these things are always, they're so unfortunate. But at the same time, I got to tell you, the fact that we have to constantly fundraise, especially for officers who are shot on the job. And I've talked to cops and I know some of their wives and just – knowing what they go through and how they do get disability, but it's not enough. And and the stories, if people knew what's going on, and that's why we have these fundraisers. And so then, you yeah. have, you know, they shouldn't Definitely. have to, like, beg for money, basically. And that hurts the recruitment because people think, why would I want that job, <laughs> that thankless job? They already don't pay enough, but now on top of it, you know, you get hurt somehow or or have a stroke and maybe the stroke was related to the job and guess what you're SOL you know I think they they need to look at this and I think with maybe there's power within the fact that we are down in law enforcement and they want to do the recruiting maybe that gives some power to fix these issues but I think it's we'll see we will obviously report because you're following up on it so we'll see what happens I know the state attorney general's office was looking into that one so tell me something good. Right, right. Tell me something good. <laughs> well, there's the Westchester Area
2: uh, School school District uh, has a pending charter school, the Valley Forge Classical Academy. Um, even though they're expecting the board to vote it down when they meet this month, mm-hmm. they're going to appeal to the state charter school board, and they think they have a good chance of getting it approved that way. So we'll see. And this is a a school that would have a curriculum based on the Hillsdale um, curriculum, 1776, Mm -hmm. which um, it teaches good and bad things about America. And uh, it doesn't have the CRT Mm -hmm. in it that everybody, or many, many parents are objecting to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say everybody, but many parents. (laughs) So that I think could be a good thing, uh, but school districts, particularly suburban school districts, don't seem to like these charter schools.
1: Well, I think that when we think about Matt Bradford in Montgomery County, and he's the big name that received I think more than a um, more than what was it about a more than a third of a million dollars from different teachers unions and so i th- right. i believe that what's going on here is that teachers unions perceive these charter schools as a threat and i think there's again i always think there's a fix to this there's a way to fix this because it's a, it's really a shame that it becomes political just to just to offer different schools for different people these charter schools always have a waiting list And whether they're in Philadelphia, Westchester, where they always have a waiting list. I think that speaks volumes, you know. Um, But we'll we'll continue to follow it. I know the NAACP and you wrote about this, they oppose the charter school idea out out there in Westchester. Right. But but you're saying you think think they'll get it?
2: They may get it or they think they'll get it. But one thing with schools is not every student fits easily into the into the same uh, educational, like they, they have different needs and they learn differently. And um, so there's that. And not every parent can afford, say, a Catholic school tuition or a private school tuition. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck sending them to the public school that may or may not fit
1: their learning style and their needs. So I think that's where the charter schools come in. Yeah. Well, Linda Stein, until next time, my friend, you can read all of her great articles, uh, the Delaware Valley Journal, and Linda Stein writing about all of it it and keeping us posted and keeping us up to date. Linda, thank you. Thanks, Dawn.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours